0: Hello, hello, I'm Paloma Duran, and welcome to Side News, a weekly podcast dedicated on reporting news from Latin America that are not widely covered by the mainstream media. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the main issues of the region, but also its main achievements. And as always, we're going to invite a national from the country that is being discussed so that they can give us a more local perspective. On the topic okay so we leave you with the first episode of side news today i'm going to talk to you about a pressing issue that is happening in mexico which is the disappearance of people do you know actually that mexico has the same level of missing people as countries that are in armed conflict such as syria and sri lanka so what is going on let me explain you Currently, Mexico is experiencing a serious humanitarian crisis because around 28 people are being forcibly disappeared daily. According to a UN report from 1964 to May of this year, the official number of missing people was 100,000. Most of these people are believed actually to have been killed by organized crime and even public servants. However, since most of the disappear are never found, most perpetrators are never held accountable for their crimes. So, let's put a little bit of hard data on the issue. So, of every 100 people missing, 75 are men and 25 are women. In addition, 17 are minors, and of this, four have not yet turned 12 years old. According to NGOs and the Mexican government, people in Mexico generally disappear to be murder, torture, human traffic, and even to force them to join organized criminal groups. So, before we explain more about the current situation, let's go back where the problem started and got out of control. In Mexico, the registry of missing people began in the 1960s when a growing number of people started disappearing due to the dirty war, in which the Mexican state used disappearance as a repressive method to its opponents and, in the words of the Mexican government, to correct the population. The war lasted until the 80s. And to this day, the dirty war is almost unknown by the entire population because the former government actually eliminated the story and hide it from the public. The number of disappeared people during this year is actually estimated to be around 3,000. By then, we already had a problem of missing people in Mexico by the hands of the government. However, the situation escalated during the presidency of Felipe Calderón, who was in power from 2006 to 2012 because he declared war against drugs. The war was aimed at reducing production, consumption, and violence that was generated by drug cartels. However, it did not work. To this day, Mexico remains one of the world's leading drug producers and the country violence has escalated to levels never seen before. So previously to the war on drugs, of course there were already cases in which organized crime like would disappear people, but most of them were related to drugs or crime, and therefore normal citizens were not usually targeted. However, the change with the war on drugs, the UN actually estimate that since its declaration 97,000 people have gone missing in Mexico. The following governments of Enrique Peña Nieto and the current one Andrés Manuel López Obrador uh, have sought to improve the situation. However, the high level of corruption and impunity that has prevailed them from curbing the rising rates of murders and disappearance in the country. So for years, families and civil organizations have asked the government to address the crisis of missing people in the country, however, it was never taken seriously until 2014 after the disappearance of students from Ajaxinapa Guerrero. So let me explain you what happened with these students. So basically they were planning to travel to the capital, Mexico City, and protest against the massacre of students that happened in 1968 by the hands of the government. However, These students never made it out of their state because they were detained by the municipal police. And after excluding uh, some insults, the police began shooting at them. So the confrontation actually left six people dead. Um, Actually, they had signs of torture. Another 20 wounded and 43 missing people. So far, only the remains of three of the disappeared have been found, who were Alexander Mora, Cristian Rodriguez, and Yosipiane Guerrero. The Dotsinapa case became a symbol of human rights violations in Mexico and of resistance against impunity through the country. This is because the government uh, was the one of Enrique Peña Nieto and basically he said that there was an official truth in which there were corrupt police officers and also a drug group that was called the Guerreros Unidos who kidnap and murder the students. After that, they burned their bodies and threw their ashes and remainings to a river and that's why they would never be found. However, the version was really criticized nationally and internationally for which they had to reopen the case. Right now it has been confirmed that actually that was a false story that the authorities and the army actually put evidence that was false so the version of the government would be true and actually it has been proven that the army knew what was happening and that it witnessed, but it did not do anything. So the Justinapa case also has become an example of how the most mediatic case of disappeared people in Mexico uh, has not been actually resolved. So the government has taken years to clarify the facts and even today it is still unable to hold the perpetrators accountable. Consequently, less controversial cases, which are the majority, and this involve women and kids, poor people, are never resolved. So, because the crisis has become, or has even continued on the same levels, NGOs and civil organizations have asked the government of Lopez Obrador to prioritize the crisis and define a policy that is going to prevent and actually bring justice to those who are disappeared. For his part, López Obrador has highlighted that efforts are being made to stop the crisis as no government had done before. However, the efforts seem insufficient because so far his government, which still has two years in power, has reported around 31,000 disappearance. A figure that is very close to the total of disappearance that happened in the previous government so in addition to this our crisis of disappearance of migrants was announced recently migrants have also become a common target for disappearances especially as COVID-19 has subsided and therefore migration especially to the US has grown exponentially so basically uh, migrants are now more exposed to kidnappings disappearance blackmail murder rape among other crimes so let's put it a little bit on numbers according to the search program for missing migrants of the jesuit migrant service in 2020 there were 90 migrants missing however the number rose to 350 in 2021 so, of course, the organization said that there is a crisis because not progress has been done in the search for these people who are mostly Cubans, Ecuadorians, salvadoranians Guatemalans, Hondurans, Venezuelans, and of course, Mexican as well, especially as the country has a lot of migration from the south to the north. So, The outlook for disappeared people actually is not expected to improve anytime soon, especially because nowadays uh, the government authorities continue to not consider them that much in their searches and also because US and Mexico are expected to break records for migrant arrivals this year. Moreover, experts warn that because of the increase in migration, Mexico nor the US have the necessary resources to help, and above all, to protect these migrants. Consequently, Mexico migration problems and humanitarian crises are expected to worsen in 2022. So considering everything that is happening, people said that there is an inaction, omission, inability and lack of resources on the part of the Mexican government in the search for people. So, so much is this inability that now the search for people has now fallen to the responsibility of the families of the victims. Currently, it is families who plan search operations and carry out field work with their own resources. They have reached such a level of specialized knowledge that they know how to identify clandestine graves. Uh, distinguish human remains, determine whether the remaining belong to a young or adult or men or women, if they were recent, if they were buried for several years. So now the search groups have make up like a specialized network that exchange information, technical knowledge and equipment not only between them but to the forensic services and prosecutors, experts argue that the absent and admission of the state in the search task is a constitu- is a institutional violence, since it victimizes the families and of the victims and forces them to invest time, money, and knowledge. And it's important to highlight that most of these people are poor, so they don't have the chances to hire experts, so it says that it is a violence because it is a responsibility of the state and it is its obligation to bring justice and protection. In addition, in the search work, it is important to highlight that relatives of the disappear are exposed to high risk situations. An example is Maricela Escobedo, an activist who was murdered on the street while protesting the disappearance and murder of her daughter in 2008. So in addition to the mission of the state, it is important to stress that there is an impunity in these cases. As all the cases of missing people in Mexico, only 35 have convictions. To this, we must add that justice has not been delivered to the 40,000 bodies of unidentified deceased people. It is also important to say that, of course, the fear of 100,000 people missing is way higher than the report by the UN and the Mexican government because there's an importance of registration of these cases. And it is basically because many people, most of them relatives, do not report the disappearance due to fear and mistrust of the authorities because there have been cases in which they are actually uh, the ones that disappeared, the families or they know the groups or, you know, they are kind of afraid of revenge or that something will happen to their missing relative. In addition, they say that there's a lack of progress in the investigation for which they have better chances of finding by their own. Meanwhile, the Mexican government says that it has significant regulatory and institutional support for the search of disappeared people and it has even local search commissions. However, people said that it is useless in the absence of the will and resources to put it into practice. Experts argue that in order to face this problem, the country needs to first make a national police of prevention and eradication of forced disappearances. Second abandoned the approach of militarization of public security which has also proven to be actually the ones that disappear people or they witness or they are part of the situation and violation of human rights. So in addition they say that it is a priority to make visible the disappearance in Mexico and one issue that is happening in Mexico is that every day, a lot of people disappear. And every day, the people hear n- news about a girl, a kid, an uh, old person gone missing. So it is so many faces and so many people that disappear that actually they cannot retain the information and actually kind of normalize it in their lives. So experts argue that it has to be further visibilized the problem so there can be a greater empathy and actually the population help to find these people by actually reporting when they see them so likewise experts say that material and technical resources equipment and special personnel must be delivered to the institutions in charge of these tasks and currently The panorama is not expected to change that month, And families say that they are tired of asking where their relatives are and demanding access to truth and justice. So, however, it could be a change because in the past it has been shown that many times the voices of Mexican salons are not listened by the government. However, once the problem becomes uh, an international demand, more changes are implemented such as in the Jatsinapa case. So, as currently the UN, other international organizations, and even countries are demanding accountability and better protection, it may be the necessary push uh, needed to improve the situation. So, it may improve a little bit in the case that there will be more resources and better searches. However, one thing is for sure. It will be useless if impunity and corruption continue ruling these cases. So, thank you so much. Uh, That was the context and explanation of the issue that I wanted to give you. And now we will have our guest. Well, now we have our guest uh, who lives in the South and is going to tell us more about the situation in Mexico. So, Perla, thank you very much for joining us today. And our first question would be, what is it like to live in Mexico in relation to the disappearances that are happening, especially as a woman?
1: Uh, well, hey, thanks for inviting me. Yes, I live in the south of Mexico and here the situation, in, in old Mexico really, the situation of disappearances has been a subject that just keeps arising. Like for example, there is a number of disappearances that is even an official number. Uh, given by the government, but it's speculated that it's like three times more than the government says. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really scary. It's really scary. I've had contact with people from, um, I don't know if that's the name in English, but like collectives that search for people. And in the past um, about 10 years, they have been doing this this time of searches for their loved ones who (laughs) disappeared. And they are the ones who have found the most, um, the places where they basically throw the bodies. And they have found more than 700 by themselves without any help of the government. I have talked to to moms who have uh, searched for their sons, who have disappeared like six, uh, 10 years ago. And they've been looking for them during all these years, with the help of other people who have lost their loved ones. They have found them, their bodies, they have found them in in this way more than 700 um, places where they just throw the bodies. And this has so much to do with corruption, with the government, they are completely involved. Like these moms that I have contact with, they know their sons are even in in jail for no reason. Literally, they just kidnap people um sometimes because the, the police themselves uh, don't have any reason to arrest people, but they just kidnap, kid, kidnap them like out of nowhere to try to get money from the families. And sometimes they don't do anything about it by, by, by the end. And they just keep the people uh, in jail and they don't allow their, their, their families to see them. So it's a situation, it's a pretty weird situation where um, the The government is so involved that they use all of their tools they have that are supposed to use. They are supposed to use them to give protection to people. They use them, all, all of that um, technology, all of that res all of those resources. They use them just to keep, um, just just to do their their corruption stuff, like kidnapping, like mm-hmm. mixing with with uh, organized crime, and they work along the the traffic, uh, the, the the drug cartels, mm-hmm. they work with them. So, for example, the Ayatsinapa is a case where it's been proven by now, and even a few years ago, it was proven that the government, uh, three government ag- agencies mm-hmm. used all of their power and all of their technology to disappear students. And that is just so mind-blowing, and it just reflects the situation in which there's so much corruption that the way they use their, their tools they, ha- they have, the way, the way they use their, the tools they have, and the technology and all of that, they use them for corruption and to, to mix with, uh, with drug cartels.
0: And going to the next question, it would be like, how much different do you think that is the situation for women and men?
1: It's way scar- scarier to be a woman. It's Mm -hmm. way scarier because there's even a term for murders that happen just to women, just for the reason, for any reason that is related to them being a woman. And lots of people try to differ on this, but to be honest, this is just pure plain misogyny. The Mm -hmm. way the society is, um, the way men or people have the idea of a woman in their heads, just try to justify why they deserved, in some sense, what happened to them, and why is it that it happens, and and there's a reason for that. Um, let me explain. Mm-hmm. For example, here, in you know how misogyny exists in the first place. Misogyny exists. Uh, women are looked looked down on. So. The idea of being a woman comes with many negative things. Like the idea of being a woman and uh, like the idea of a woman is just um it, it carries so much weight on what they should do, what they should be, and all of that comes first before you are a human being. You are a woman before you are a human being. And that that is mixed with so much misogyny in which if you don't if you don't behave as you are expected, you are uh, prone to so much violence for you. And mm-hmm. even then, even if you, let's say, even if you behave, if you do what is expected of you, you are still so um, vulnerable just for for being a woman in here. Mm-hmm. People think that you you can be looked at as a sexual object. Uh, as a something else but not a human being first yeah. Yeah. so what happens then is that it is very easy for men and I'm not going to say all men just because I don't want to you know, to make this like a kind of war but the thing is, some men have these ideas so so much deep in their in themselves that they believe that women should be certain things, certain that and for example, now that this Devani case just happened, I can tell you that living here in the South, uh, right after that case happened and all of the media attention it, it got, mm-hmm. I can tell you there were at least 10 testimonies in that week in which on the internet, on the internet, on, on groups for, for women here in, in my city, they just will say, today I was in this place and they tried to kidnap me. I had to jump out of, uh, to jump out of a taxi, or mm-hmm. stuff like that, and it was just so, um, it was just so bad. Like, like people thought that it was okay because they they were not going to get caught, yeah. because another problem is impunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 of course. And another problem is impunity. They know themselves that they are not going to be caught, that the legal system is not going to do anything after that. That so many femi- uh, femicides are not punished, so they just feel it's easy to do it. And sometimes another thing that is systematic, but because let's be clear on one thing, this is systematic. Um, there are many um, organized crime uh, or organized crime organizations, <laughs> crime organizations. There are many crime organizations. That are um, kidnapping women for for human trafficking, which is a big big problem in Mexico. Acapulco, which is here in the south in Guerrero, mm-hmm. it's the it's the second uh, place where um, for child prostitution in the world, and also for human trafficking, Mexi- Mexico has one of the of the cities where the most human traffic trafficking happens. Mm-hmm. So that, that is all tied up and, and the government, the authorities uh, work with these uh, uh, with these crime organizations and, and also people who use they, they recruit them. There are many testimonies where uh, taxi drivers they say I, I could say the good ones, they say like they try to recruit me and they tell me that they're going to be to give me 500 pesos for each girl that I kidnapped. 500 pesos it's what about 25 dollars hmm. no i think it's
0: no it's around,
1: around that around that have. just for kidnapping a girl so they give you that for kidnapping a girl mm-hmm. and you can say this is this is for necessity they they think that it's okay to do this just to get those 25 dollars for them but also it's so easy for them to just say i'm going to take this girl and bring, bring and bring her to to these people who are telling me to kidnap her. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's very systematic. It's very scary. It's way beyond um, something normal. Uh, It has affected me and all the women that I know here. We have to take uh, so many security steps, like extra steps just for our day-to-day lives. Like I can walk alone to my girlfriend's house. I have to wait for her to to pick me up. We have to always be connected. We have to share our locations all the time because really just in plain daylight, they try to, to kidnap girls just because they can, just because nothing's gonna happen. Just because they are recruiting um, people to kidnap them and just to, for human trafficking purposes. Or just because sometimes they are crazy. There are many cases that go viral just because of the cruelty of it like there was once uh, there was one case about two days ago which was just brutal and that's the one that got that that got viral because by now the other ones is just like wow they kidnapped another girl and it's just way
0: crazy okay yeah and well you just told us that you are scared but what do you think that needs to happen in Mexico in order for this to stop or even just decrease, right? And also, can you tell us like if you think that you will ever feel safe in Mexico?
1: Well, I am lucky enough to, to feel safe because of my conditions. I have the opportunity for, for, that I have someone who can always pick me up or look after me and the place where I live is very safe and all that, but I I am like a 1% of the people who actually have to get up at 6 a.m., that have to go to their houses back at 10 p.m. when it's dark, and that have to take public transportation and all of that. So personally, I know that I am lucky for that, where I am just a tiny percentage, and I know the rest of the people just live have to live their lives at the end of the day. You can't not go to work tomorrow because something happened, you have to do it. <laughs> um, the way we can try to fix this, I, I honestly, I think it's very difficult because I, many years I have been on the research area. And so I've always found that the government is so involved Is so rotten that it is very difficult for it to kind of get clean for them to get them to do the right things, let alone what, uh, let alone them knowing what they have to do. Mm -hmm. It's not only that, but that they don't want to. And then that they are too involved in it, they are too deep in it to get out, like from organized crime. They are so intertwined that it's mm-hmm. really difficult. But I will say that it will be about mm, public policies, especially preventive, mm-hmm. because there have been many changes in the sense of punitive changes, like more years of jail if you kill a woman, if you commit a femicide. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't do anything if in the system, and this is uh, a true fact, if 99% of the cases uh, don't get punished that is a real statistic so Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense that you give more years if you commit a uh, femicide if you don't really cut if you don't really um, punish the person in the first place you know if you don't really arrest them in the first place nothing's going to go beyond that after that many um many killers are free right now or they are just known and they are just, just walking around and no one does, does any, no no one no one does anything because they are involved. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I will say that the way to go is public policies that are preventive to get women out of violent places mm-hmm. and to give to give them the tools to get out of violent households of violent relationships and all of that to give them empowerment, economical empowerment, to have the ability to live their, their, their violent households, and to let them know and give them the right places, the right centers to go for help, for specialized help. Like mm-hmm. there are these uh, Centros de la Mujer, women's centers, where, where they try to give that. But I did a research once on them, and really like a few of them in all of the country are actually um they have the right equipment meaning personal and legal equipment to help them get out of the of those situations so yeah it's really difficult i will say it would be just to put a big effort in these centers to help women get out of Mm -hmm. places that might be dangerous
0: okay I know that it's like a really complicated topic, but thank you so much for giving us your opinion and of course uh, the stories and experiences that you have lived and the people that surround you because I think it is really important to raise awareness on the issue, right? Because it's not only happening to a small population but to all people in Mexico, especially women. So thank you so much Perla for joining us today in Sight News. Thank you very much for joining us on the first episode of Side News. And if you have any information that you would like to give us, or even propose topics, or simply giving us your opinion whether you like this podcast or not, please contact us by mail and our social networks. Uh, for those who listened to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, We remind you that we have articles on each topic on our page, as well as photos that further illustrate the situation. So please visit us and stay tuned for the next episode. (laughs) So we see you next Wednesday at 6 a.m.